Hey everybody, I'm Tim Muma and this is Job Search Guide, a part of localjobnetwork.com radio. Of course, this podcast is designed to help out the job seekers out there, covering a variety of components related to the search. Today we're jumping into the interview, but not trying to sell ourselves necessarily, instead trying to learn about the type of boss we could end up with should we get hired. And we'll discuss why this is valuable with Laura Garrett, co-founder of On Decision and an individual with plenty of experience in both management and human resources. Thanks for coming on the show today, Laura. Thank you, Tim. You know, before we get into the topic at hand, we always like to give our listeners the opportunity to hear about the guest a little bit. So if you could uh, you know, briefly describe your experience professionally and also what On Decision is all about. Yeah, sure. I've been uh, in the business world for about 20 years and in a couple different functions, human resources just being one of them. Um, I've overseen teams as small as two people and as large as 200, so I feel like I've seen a lot of different working relationships over that time. I've been doing professional coaching for about eight years, and about four years ago, I co-founded On Decision, which you mentioned, and we're all about supporting career-related decision-making. In that work, we, we focus on helping people get clear on their personal preferences so that they can do more effective and authentic career planning. Part of that methodology involves getting people to define all the variables that play into their job-seeking decision, and mm-hmm. we were really surprised by the fact that only about 15% of our clients were mentioning the relationship with their boss as one of those factors. And yet you always hear this mantra, people join a company, but leave their boss. You know, I've I've personally seen that to be true. You know, it's such an important working relationship and it has such an impact on your kind of day-to-day satisfaction. And so we were really baffled by that and started to dig into it a little bit more and ask, you know, hey, why isn't that coming up for you? And a lot of the feedback that we got was that people just felt like it was it was just too tough to get a true read on that prospective boss during the interview process. Mm-hmm. So unless it was just a completely tragic interaction where you know it's horribly uncomfortable and just an obvious no go, <laughs> they just figured, hey, you know, it's workable. I'll hope for the best and I'll deal with it once I get the job. So that's kind of what got us started thinking about all right, how can we help people get a little bit better read in that interview process. I mean, interviewing is a two-way street. So, so what might you do up front to kind of maximize your chances of having a really effective working relationship so you can be happier in the job once you start? Right. Well, and you touched on it there and sort of the idea of this topic itself, uh, you know, the importance of understanding who your boss is, what he or she may be like, and that people end up leaving organizations most times because of their boss, their manager, however you want to phrase it. So with that said, I mean, based on your experiences in management and HR, um, just what you've seen, what you've heard, what are some of the common reasons that people will leave their boss, so to speak? What do you kind of see in here? Uh, I think that the most common thing people will express is that they feel underappreciated. Okay. Now, from my perspective, that doesn't necessarily always mean that they are underappreciated. Right. Um, you know, it, it often can be a case of just the perceptions not matching up with the intentions, right? People have different work styles. We're all wired differently and we all have kind of our own blind spots in terms of the impact we have on others. So if you don't have open communication and get a real sense for how each other operates, you can you can tend to end up really frustrated and feel like you're not on the same page and you're not appreciated. And, and that may not really be the source of the problem, but we just often don't figure that out or enter into the conversations that might make it possible to to figure that out. And we're definitely going to talk about some of those details and some of the maybe specific areas. But one thing I wanted to ask, and I'm sure people are listening, thinking about this, if you're having trouble finding a job, you know, maybe you've been employed for uh, you know months, a year, obviously different situations for different individuals. You're in that interview and you feel like it is going to be a poor fit. You're not going to match up. 
wouldn't it be foolish to still turn down that job if you really have been stuck or underemployed or unemployed? I know, again, we talk about you you leave the boss, you leave your boss more often than not, but if you're in that sort of more desperate situation, is it a little different? Yeah, well, it could be. I mean, we all have bills to pay, right? So I absolutely get the urge to ignore any of those warning flags. I do think, for one, it's important to ask yourself truly if settling on a forfeit job is your only choice. I think mm-hmm. we tend to kind of get into a state of mind where we see things really narrowly and feel like, oh, I have no choice but to take this job. So at the very least, it's probably worth having some, talking to somebody else about it, a friend or a family member to say, like, am I missing something or do I really need to just kind of take whatever comes along for now? But, you know, if you do really feel like that's your only option, I would still argue that it's worth going into it with your eyes wide open and right. reasonable expectations, because if you know from the from the start that you and your boss aren't going to be particularly compatible, you can't let yourself get worked up about it every time you're reminded of that fact, right? <laughs> it, and because that'll tend to show up in your performance, and you'll just be shooting yourself in the foot when it comes time to find another opportunity, which is presumably what you're going to want to do right. once you at least feel like you have some financial breathing room, right? And if you've had a really bad work experience, it's not going to help your cause when it comes time to go look for that next thing. I think that makes perfect sense. And obviously, everybody's going to be in their own uh, situation. and They got to figure that out on their own. And you said maybe talk to some other individuals to help you out with that. Uh, But I think that's a good perspective to have. Um, As I said, we will jump into some more details. But in general, we're talking about this idea of trying to figure out who your boss might be or what he or she might be like. What are some of those general main ideas, main areas that you would want people to try to focus on and figure out in that interview? I think that you want to be trying to get a sense of what that person's work habits are like, what qualities they really value, you know, how and when they give feedback, those sorts of things. Okay. Well, let's talk about that uh, right off the bat in terms of um, maybe what an excess, a successful employee would be like at that company. We hear that brought up in, in different ways, different areas, different industries. Is there a best way to sort of phrase that question to find out what exactly does work at that organization in terms of uh, maybe the personality traits or skills of that individual? Yeah, I think, you know, I might ask something just as broad as, can you tell me what you think has made the people on your team successful in the past and see where it goes? But to kind of kick things off with a question like that. What would be what would be something you're listening for then in terms of, okay, you asked that question, are you looking for something that fits you in that case? Are you just getting information at this point? Um, why might this be important? I guess take us through a, maybe a little bit of the details and elaborate a little on that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think there are really any magic words that you're listening for, and there's not a right answer per se, but it is important to be able to compare what's said against what matters to you. So so let's just say, for example, you know, you ask that question and the boss says, okay, Tim's been really successful here because he's great at navigating the organizational dynamics, and then he can influence decision-making in a really thoughtful way. Contrast that with Tim's been really successful because he's really buttoned up and never drops the ball. He's responsive. He keeps me informed of whatever's going on in the business. But those are both great answers. They're both positive qualities and they're certainly not mutually exclusive, but it's still worth noticing what's front of mind Mm. for that person. Sure. So in one case, he's emphasizing interpersonal skills and in the other, he's emphasizing diligence. Again, both are good things, but how does that particular emphasis line up with your own preferences or style? It's kind of where that person's head goes first you know, is likely to be the, the qualities that they they notice and they value. So you just want to compare that against your own personal preferences and what skills you bring to the table. 
is there any way to go deeper then if somebody, you know, again, if that, that individual is talking about, well, this is what made this individual successful, any follow-up questions or something you can uh, maybe look to even get a little more um, specific with? Yeah, I, I think it's always good to ask for examples if you want to okay. dig deeper. So right. um, so that might be kind of the next best thing to, to do if, if the response you get feels a little too vague or doesn't quite get you what you're looking for. I think examples are always useful. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, our listeners always appreciate that coming from our uh, our expert guests as well. So we're talking about success. Uh, another area, I guess, related to that is the, the idea of feedback. And you mentioned that as being important, trying to figure that out. So asking how and when the employer does give that feedback, that interaction, so to speak, what really makes that important as far as understanding how that works in the organization? I think that more than anything, it's just an indicator of of the communication norms in an organization. Okay. In some organizations, or even kind of in a, in a subset of that organization, just you know, on work teams or specific to the boss, it's, it's normal to be constantly giving each other feedback, regularly checking in on performance, managing each other's expectations. I, you know, I personally feel like that's ideal because no one likes the, you know, the surprise at the end of the year, like, hey, it's annual performance review time. <laughs> right. That's what you did like nine months ago where you screwed <laughs> up and I failed to tell you, like that's not helpful, right? But some, you know, admittedly, it's not a comfortable conversation in some organizations. So it's not unheard of that it really does only happen once a year. I just think that that can be a red flag and that ideally you're working with someone who who likes having that kind of dialogue because they feel like it's better for everyone involved. And, you know, best case scenario is if they actually give you some indication that they want that feedback to flow both ways. Right. right. I mean, again, we're all adults here. Yeah, there's a reporting line, but hey, we all can do things to more effectively work with each other. So if you happen to you know, get lucky and stumble upon a prospective boss who says, hey, tell me, like, I also want you to be telling me what I can do to better support you. I think that can be really meaningful. Would you run away from that situation, for lack of a better term, if it was simply, oh, yeah, we have, uh, you know, once a year review and kind of go over everything then? Is it that dramatic to you? Or would you still maybe figure out some other things that we'll talk about? Yeah, not not necessarily. I mean, I think with any of these questions, most likely it's just, it's a data point, right? I don't yeah. know that any of them are are you know, that any response is such a blatant go or no go kind of <laughs> situation, but it's a data point, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would consider it a red flag if they say, yeah, yeah, we have these forms that we fill out once a year, and that's when we'll talk about it. Okay, not great. <laughs> But so so be making sure that all the other things that you're hearing are at least good enough to make up for that fact, right? It's all about there are trade-offs to be considered. Mm-hmm. That's not a great thing. You know, hopefully that will shift over time. But at least you kind of know what you're getting into. It, it's one thing that kind of goes on the con list, right? So you just kind of have to be mindful of, of that. Right. What about just general communication? And I see it as a little bit different because it might be sort of just checking in or saying hi. Uh, I guess what, what what should an employee or potential employee be asking about, um, looking for here? Is this, again, where it's about fitting with your personality style? And I, I ask because I'm someone who would prefer to, you know, give me my task and my duties and I'll go take care of them and we can check in whenever. Um, what's sort of the ideal um, situation that a candidate would be looking for in terms of just this general communication with the boss? Yeah, I, I'm that way too, Tim. I would much prefer <laughs> to just kind of have, have the long leash, right? Tell me what you need, manage right. by objective, <laughs> I'll go do it. We'll check in when I've got questions or what have you. But not everybody is that way. Sure. Some people like more interaction. Or let's say that you're working with someone that 
you know, you foresee to be this phenomenal mentor? What if they're this great um, leader in the industry and you really want to get to rub elbows with this person? Then I actually might be a little bit disappointed if they're just like, yeah, okay, this, here you go. I'll see you right. in a month. You know, so, so you just have to really, like you said, match it up against what it is that you're looking for. And so I think the way you can ask that is you know, getting a sense of, hey, how often do you get together with your folks? You know, what are you often in meetings together? Do you have one-on-ones? Kind of what's your typical style of interaction with people on your team? Um, and, and then again, you're matching that up against what you personally prefer. Mm-hmm. Are there other things that maybe can be learned from a question like this or maybe any of these questions that is sort of a, a side note or just something... I don't know, and a candidate might pick up on about their boss or potential boss in this case. Yeah, it's it's all about style. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that one of the other benefits of, of asking any of these questions, I mean, obviously you're information seeking, but interviews are still about selling yourself. So as sure. you ask those questions, you, you do then have the chance to reply in a way that reinforces your qualities relative to what they've described. So you know, I think in any of these cases, you can kind of use that, use that opportunity as well. It's kind of it's multi-purpose, I guess you'd say. Right. Uh, you had mentioned, and uh, I think it goes without saying, you're going to be working with other individuals, whether it be, uh, you know, on a daily basis or in teams, that sort of uh, idea. What exactly do you ask in terms of finding out about who you might be working with? And what are some of the benefits to, to finding that out? We talked a little bit about, you know, what qualities those folks have. And I think you can, you know, come at this question, again, in a really broad way, just, hey, can you tell me a little bit about the other team members? So, yeah, you're listening for the qualities that are mentioned, but I also think it's really worthwhile to listen for the way in which the manager talks about them. Hmm. You know, are you, do you kind of get glimpses of some real respect or pride or gratitude, you know? Bottom line is not everyone actually likes being a manager, and yet a lot of people find themselves in the manager role just because it's kind of the only way to move up the ladder. Sure. You know, it doesn't mean that that person is a train wreck to work for, and yet ideally you'll, you'll work for someone who actually likes leading a team. And so I think you can kind of listen, listen for the subtext, right? Are they talking about their team as if you know, they're, they really like having that team, or are you getting a vibe of, uh, I have to manage them because that's (laughs) uh, my job description. And yet I'd really rather be an individual contributor. That just wasn't an option for me. You know, no one's going to come out and say that out loud, but you might get some, some glimmers of that that are again, kind of worth storing away as a data point. That is an interesting point to to focus on how, you know, the employer there might uh, reference the other, the other employees there. I think that's something that people probably don't think of necessarily when, even when they're asking that question, isn't there a lot of subjectivity there in terms of, okay, I hear, he or she describe their employees? Am I reading too much into some of these, maybe, you know, the way they say it or how, how passionate they are about it? I feel like there's a lot of room for error there that might uh, might cause some problems. Like, I, I, just your overall thought on that. You know what? Everything about determining a good fit is subjective. Sure. So, so yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that's kind of why I say it all just needs to be taken in context. I think it's probably overreacting to in most cases, just completely rule out an opportunity because of a single response that you hear from mm-hmm. your manager. I mean, you would kind of hope the same, <laughs> they, they would do the same for you, right? Not everyone has like the stellar answer be the first thing that comes out of their mouth. They may <laughs> not be having a great day, you know, who knows? But so yeah, there's some subjectivity to it. But 
given that this is your one, you know, one or a handful of opportunities, depending on how many conversations you get to have, to try to probe and get some sense of what this work experience is going to be like, you're better off asking than not. Sure. And then do with that information what you will, right? So just store it all away as, you know, part of the decision-making process and know that, yeah, it, it's not perfect, but it's still better than nothing, I guess, is, is kind of the way I'd think of it. <laughs> yeah, as you said, you're gathering all this information and use it all together as opposed to picking out one or two things that may or may not have been, uh, you know, the best representation, as you said. Lastly, you talk about um, the idea of maybe why the boss likes it there, you know, why they ended up there, why they still enjoy it. And I think in general, you can see why that would be important, why that's valuable. What types of answers would be positive signs? What might be a warning sign? Because they're not going to outright say how much they hate it or dislike it or anything no. like that. But what yeah, might what yeah. might be a way Hopefully to sort not. of read them a little better from your experience? Yeah, I think that's one where you're kind of listening for the way in which they talk about it as opposed to maybe the actual words that they use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hope, most likely no one's going to come out and say, this place is the worst. Like it's, <laughs> they've got a bigger problem that they need to have somebody else in the interviewing room. But, um, you know, I think you can still tell a difference between, yeah, you know, I, I like it. I've been here for 10 years. It works for me because it's two miles from my house. Sure. Right? That like that's a fairly uninspired answer, <laughs> and yet it's not it's not negative. But I think really listening to the the tone is another indicator that's that's worthwhile. Right. Yeah, I think that obviously makes sense. And like you said, nobody's gonna hopefully nobody in that interview room is gonna be uh, that negative or it's that obvious. But hopefully this yeah. can help. That out. might be one of those situations where it's a go no go. Like, <laughs> oh wow, that's more than just one red flag. Right. That's like a whole yeah. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> a little a flag awkward day too. Of yeah. Flags. yeah, let's let's we're done. <laughs> yeah. Now, after the interview, uh, as you mentioned, it's important to be figuring out, okay, is this going to be a good fit for me? Determining your own situation uh, clearly might be a factor, but um, what are some of the things you would ask yourself or you would tell a job seeker to ask yourself after that interview and in terms of collecting all that data and then analyzing it? I think it's important to ask yourself after the fact if you are more or less excited about the opportunity having had that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then I actually, I think it's important to if you can, kind of rope someone else in to help you process what just happened. Well, uh, we do appreciate all the info you've given us, your perspective on it. Unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap things up here on Job Search Guide. And we've been speaking with Laura Garrett, the co-founder of On Decision. She's given us uh, some different strategies to help understand what your boss may be like should you get that job. Laura, thanks again for coming on, bringing us your knowledge and insight today. We do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Tim. I was happy to happy to chat. Of course, we'd love to hear from you, the listener, as well. So please send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you do have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.